Hello and welcome. It's Thursday, March 2nd, and you're listening to Arizona's News Roundup, the weekly podcast that gets you caught up on all the biggest stories in the state on your time. I'm your host, Taylor Kinnerup, Managing Editor here at KTAR News. On this podcast, we're breaking down all the top stories happening right now to keep you in the loop on all things Arizona. We also look ahead at what's to come to make sure you know what to keep an eye out on until our next episode. For this week, we're breaking down these major headlines. First, Governor... For this week, we're breaking down Governor Katie Hobbs' big border visit, Kevin Durant's son's debut, but first, we're starting with a headline that made national news over the weekend. Two cyclists were killed and several others injured after a truck plowed into their ride over the weekend. In the days since this story first broke, we learned a lot about this group and what took place, making the story even more heartbreaking. For the last 12 or 13 years since the Cotton Lane Bridge allowed for bike access over the Gila Riverbed, a group of cyclists turned friends began a regular Saturday morning ride. Part of the reason that this group, West Valley Cycling, frequently took this path was because of how quiet the rides were. One of the cyclists, Paul Tyson, described it during a press conference on Monday. This is the safest location we ride. This is the widest place we ride. There's two lanes and a bike path. There's very little traffic that time of day. Some of these people had been riding together for more than 20 years and had known each other through many seasons. 20 of them were together on Saturday when the accident happened. According to police reports, around 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, 26-year-old Pedro Quintana Lujan was driving southbound on Cotton Lane Bridge when his Ford F-250 allegedly veered into the riders. Tyson says he started the ride late and was about a mile behind when he saw the accident. But one of the cyclists injured, Stephen Roan, described what that moment was like. He came up from behind. I remember it all because um, what actually struck me wasn't the truck. It was the actual bodies and bike parts that were being pushed up from behind into me. About 17 of the 20 riders were injured and two were killed. Among the dead were 65-year-old David Caro of Michigan and 61-year-old Karen Melissa of Goodyear. During that Monday press conference, Tyson held back tears as he described Melissa. Well, yeah, I, I, I knew Karen pretty well. I rode with her a lot. And she's an amazing person, former teacher from the West Valley. A lot of kids grew up uh, under her tutelage in the West Valley. And she's a, a very positive, jovial, happy person. Sadly, I didn't know the visiting person from Michigan. Um, but these are, these are our neighbors. These are our community, doctors, lawyers, military veterans, of which I'm one. Police say that there was, quote, no indication that this was an intentional act. But cyclists seem to remain skeptical. Tyson and Roan both say they saw a second person in the car during the accident, but police say the driver was alone. The initial investigation took 12 hours on Saturday, and we anticipate it will take several weeks, maybe even months, before we learn what really happened on the Cotton Lane Bridge in Goodyear. And while we don't know the driver's intent, if any at all, I want to end this story with a reminder from Tyson for the next time you're driving near a cyclist. We're humans just like you. We have family just like you, and... and, uh... We need to be seen as, as that. Uh, I can't even count the number of instances I've had where people have thrown stuff at me, run off the road, yelled at me, screamed at me. It's just what cyclists deal with, but we don't deal usually with trucks coming up from behind us and, and plowing through the group and taking out 90% of us. For now, 
We'll continue to follow this story and, as always, bring you the very latest on KTAR. Another week, another big headline from Governor Hobbs as she nears her halfway mark in her first 100 days. This week, she started off on the border in Yuma. From 5 a.m. to 6 p.m., she met with city leaders, toured points of entry, and even got an inside view of the region's medical center, all of which are being deeply impacted by the influx of migrants on the southern border. Yuma Mayor Doug Nichols joined the Gatos and Chad show on Monday and had this to say about her visit. You know, uh, a lot of it has re- remains to be seen, but the fact that she took the time to go see it within her first 100 days, that's what she promised me in December. So she made that happen. Uh, we talked, and I know she met with the local Border Patrol chief, and she is very uh, knowledgeable in the area, so she she heard a lot of firsthand information. Uh, so those are all great indications. We'll see what she does with that in- information moving forward. But this, she assured me, wasn't her last conversation about the border. And on Tuesday, Governor Hobbs held a press conference to brief reporters on her visit. In that press conference, she made it clear that her focus will be on the needs of law enforcement. However, one of the topics from Tuesday's press conference that seemed to draw a lot of attention was from the governor's budget proposal. Hobbs's budget proposal moves to eliminate the border strike force, at least as we knew it under Governor Doug Ducey, who started the program in 2015. The border strike force is headed up by DPS, who, under Hobbs's budget proposal, would still keep that funding. But, like her predecessor, Hobbs really called on the federal government to step up. We need comprehensive immigration reform, and that is an act of Congress, and it's been really hard to get that done. And so I'm going to continue to advocate for that as well in a way that addresses needs of Arizonans. She adds that she's been in contact with Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, and she expects him to visit Arizona's border soon, but gave no real time frame commitment so far. This comes as this week, KTAR's Taylor Tassler brought you an exclusive look inside the Yuma Regional Medical Center and how deeply it's being impacted by migrant crossings. The hospital estimates migrants have received $26 million and thousands of hours in unpaid care. It's gotten to the point that Yuma residents are getting their care put off. Any planned inductions or planned elective procedures wind up getting put on hold while you're dealing with more acute patients, which were, in this case, the migrants coming through these doors. That's Yuma Regional Medical Center President and CEO, Dr. Robert Trenchell. He added that the only real solution to help the hospital right now is more funding. We need to have a payer source for these individuals. It's it's critical for our hospital. You can hear that full exclusive interview right now online at KTAR.com. And of course, we've got to end on a high note. Kevin Durant applauding right now near midcourt as he's set to get his son's record off to a 1 0 start. And he and Devin Booker embrace. Here's the inbounds pass. Gordon Hayward will dribble it out, and that'll do it. Suns win 105-91, the final in Charlotte. The Suns get the victory to improve to 34-29 and on the season. Kevin Durant has made his Suns debut this week and made fans feel the investment and the weight were well worth it. Booker able to track it down, gives to Paul, who fakes the three. Now Durant trailing the play, hesitates, takes it to the rim, and lays it in. There you go, the first bucket for KD in a Suns uniform, and it comes on a dribble drive and a left-hand finish. In total, KD scored 23 points, had six rebounds, two assists, and two blocks in 27 minutes during last night's 105-91 to victory over the Hornets.
Everybody out there was trying to make me as comfortable as possible, coaches and players as well. And just got to keep keep grinding, man. And you know, this this jersey on me will look normal in a couple. You know, as games go on, as we start to keep building who we are as a team. That was Durant in the post game press conference, and he said he felt like part of the team and that he was looking forward to more. To quote, as always, and none other than Kellen Olsen with Arizona Sports, over the coming weeks, we will see the Suns layer on some Durant decoys into their intricate offense. Durant played roughly the first six minutes of each quarter and then sat the rest of the way, except for the last three minutes of the game. So if this is just the start, it's looking pretty great to be a Suns fan right now. But as I always say, don't get too ahead of yourselves, Valley boys and girls, because the second the city thinks it's finally our year, something comes around to rain on what would be our championship parade. The Suns take on the Bulls tomorrow night at 6. You can hear it on Arizona Sports Station, the local sports leader on 98.7 FM. So that's it. You're all caught up for this week, the week of Monday, February 27th. So what's ahead? We'll obviously be keeping an eye on Kevin Durant and what's next with the Phoenix Suns. This weekend is also the annual M3F Music Festival. Headliners include Maggie Rogers and Jamie XX. And heads up, Phoenix voters, the mayoral runoff is just about two weeks away, so make sure you're all set to vote. Remember, you can read more on all the week's top stories and get breaking news in real time on KTAR.com. You can also listen live on 92.3 FM or to take KTAR everywhere you go. Just download the KTAR News app for articles, podcasts, and of course, breaking news. With that, I'm Taylor Kinnerup, and you've been listening to KTAR's Arizona's News Roundup. Until next week.